It is the 200 level episode 179 where we're going, we don't need nose. Thank you, Isaac Ambrose, for that title. This is going to be an interesting podcast. It's going to be half solo, or at least the first part of it, and then a second half post-game pod with the fellas, all in one. So you're getting this, and you're getting this part before the game even begins against Nebraska. For all I know, Illinois loses a heartbreaker against them. That would be a shame. I am going to operate under the assumption that they win tonight, that Trent has a monster game on his senior night. DeMonte knocks down a couple threes. Kofi is Kofi, and the supporting cast does what they need to do. I think you get the one tonight, and boy, will I be <laughs> looking quite foolish if they don't. I don't believe in jinxes. I'm not jinxing them by saying that even without Io, I think, yes, Illinois beats Nebraska. I hope my face is not red at the end of this, but there's a lot that I wanted to talk about before the game even happened, because this has felt like a week. This one day has felt like a week's worth of news. And not just that, but in this sort of Twitter bubble that we live in, where we get all of this information, boy, oh boy, it was rough out there today. And I'm glad that I was in school for at least the first half of the day, and I could ignore it and really just kind of you know, stay out of the loop. But inevitably, you get sucked in, and it was the abyss. It was not a good day. Not a good day for Illini fans, not a good day for Illini media, a lot of them. We're going to get to that in a bit. I am going to start this podcast with the silver linings of what happened. And I'm doing this partly out of you know, a coping mechanism, trying to find some silver lining. And what is bad news? Io is hurt. And he is going to miss a couple games, maybe a few games. And whenever he comes back, I have no doubt he's going to be Io of old. He'll be wearing a mask, I'm sure. That's probably going to look pretty badass. Let's be real. He's going to wear it well. And I'm also excited to see angry Io when he comes back. And I think that you will. But it's still an injury. It's a major injury for your star player, your national player of the year candidate. And you have some big games coming up. But there are silver linings. I will start with that. Then I will get into the cesspool that was Twitter today. A couple individuals that I will call out by name and then others that I won't call out by name because this is a larger thing that I'm kind of seeing with this Alani sports media circle, let's call it, and then also with the Alani fan base at large. And I even found myself going down this very dark rabbit hole today where I wanted to blame, 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 go outwards, right? And yes, it was a dirty play on Tuesday night. Tom Izzo, I think, is kind of a snake. I think most college basketball coaches have to be snake-like, but over all these years, Tom Izzo's won enough games and stayed relatively out of trouble with the NCAA where he is viewed as this sort of bastion of everything that's right with college basketball. Trust me, he annoys me too. My wife's a Michigan State fan, and it kind of breaks my heart that I have to tell her, you know, Tom Izzo, his crap does in fact stink. Because I think she likes Izzo okay, and why wouldn't you? You're a Michigan State fan. You would love the guy. We would love to have an Izzo. But yes, he is culpable a little bit in this, more because he did not really denounce it, let's say after the game. And I understand coaches got to protect their players, but it was a straight up dirty play. So don't get confused. Before I go into these um, two avenues here, please understand I'm as frustrated as you are with all of this. And it would be nice, sure, if the Big Ten said something. I know they did last year after Alan Griffin kicked a guy in the gonads. Was it the gonads or the face? I forget. But he kicked someone, right? Flagrant two. And from what I recall, that's the last flagrant two that we've had in a Big Ten basketball game. So it is a rare call. The guy got kicked out of the game. Are we going to suspend him for the next game the Michigan State plays? And if they did, would it matter? I mean, would it really? I don't know if it would. 
So there's a lot to cover in this solo part of it. We'll say, I don't know, half hour or something like that. And then after that will be the second half post game where we'll get Trevor and Isaac get their takes on the day's events. And I know that they got things to say too. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, a reminder of the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdo.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones and $6 premium and construction zones at dpdo.com. Custom zones with any topping you want. You could get some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie, the buffer zone. You get dipping sauce on the side. And best of all, they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Tip your driver well, please. dpdo.com. That's coupon code Mike at dpdo.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. We got a special guest coming up on the 200 level this weekend. Going to speak with one of my favorites, who is about to have a t-shirt released by 4th and Kirby. You might be able to guess. If you know who my favorite players are, you might have a pretty good idea who I'm talking about. And I will say this t-shirt is quickly going to become my favorite Illini thing in my wardrobe. Go to 4 com, snag the new 217 shirt that's going off the shelves with coupon code 200 level. That's 10% off your order at 4th and Kirby with coupon code 200 level. Got to thank State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. They insured our house. We got uh, homeowners in auto, a nice bundle with State Farm prices, which of course are great. But then you add on top of that the personalized service that Brian and his staff had for Kara and I, and it was tremendous. It was one of the easiest transitions we've had from one insurance company to another. And uh, I cannot say enough uh, good words about the work that they do. So go over to brianismyguy.com for more information. That's brianismyguy.com. Dot com. And finally, Rector Construction, that's R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. Everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection, everything in between, they have your home project covered. Not only that, but these are good guys at Rector Construction. Uh, I know this for a fact. All the charitable stuff that they do around Champaign-Urbana, they really are a, a very active part of this community. So it's cool to see them give back and also, in the meantime, do fantastic work. So go online, directorconstruction.com. Get a free estimate today at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network, partners with the 200 level. And uh, hey, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, we love those. We've been getting a lot of really good ones recently. Thank you guys for that. It means a lot to get that feedback. And uh, <laughs> there is one that I got to read that I really appreciated because it referenced... Here we go. This is from M. Herrera, 3626. I listen to a lot of Alani podcasts, but the 200 level is always at the top of my list. It feels like hanging out with your best friend. All right. I like that. They make crazy overstatements or insanely emotional during scoring droughts. This is true. And they make you listen to their band's music. <laughs> I think that's my favorite part. And I'm not sure if this reviewer knows Trevor and Trevor and Isaac are not in decadence. I'm sure they'd be great. And if we ever expand to a six-person lineup, I, I think they'd do well. I put one of them on the triangle and the other in the tambourine. Uh, but yes, make you listen to their band's music, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I love the breakdown of X's and O's as much as stories of eating monocles with French dressing. Keep up the great work, Mike. M. Herrera, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And yeah, we'll, we'll try not to shove the, the music down your guys' face too much, but <laughs> I, that, that line just really got me when I read it. I thought it was, thought it was awesome. So we appreciate that. Okay, I'm in as good of a mood as one could be, given the circumstances. And again, this is before the game, so if we lose to Nebraska, I'm going to be, uh-oh, because, listen, even without Io, you cannot lose that game. I'm going to avoid talking about that, because by the time you hear this, you'll know the result. But let's start with the silver linings and Io being out, okay? And I think this holds regardless of what happens in the Nebraska game. 
The first thing, losses, other than if you lost to Nebraska, losses are not going to count as much against you with I.O. out. The selection committee pays attention to these things. Go back to, I want to say, 97, 98, Cincinnati was on their way to a one seed, and then Kenyon Martin is hurt by the time they go into the NCAA tournament. They knew he was not going to play. They went down to a two seed after losing maybe just one game or something. Now, this would be the inverse, right? This would be not penalizing a team because their best player was out for a few games. And I think that's the situation you're getting into here. Now, you don't want to lose out, certainly. And you don't even want to lose your last three games on the road at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Ohio State, Iowa or not. Uh, Maybe that would knock you down to the three line. But I think what it does is it gives you a little bit of leeway. It is a, for lack of a better term, a convenient excuse. That if you lose a game or two, you are not going to get knocked as much as if Iowa were out there on the court. Also, coupled with that, the other teams that are competing for a two seed, they keep losing. Virginia keeps losing. Alabama keeps losing. We'll see with Ohio State. I know they're on the one line right now. Um, and again, by the time you listen to this podcast, they will have played Michigan State. I think that's kind of an interesting matchup, the way that Michigan State's playing. And it would be Ohio State's first game since that tough loss at home to Michigan. But, you know, let the season play out in terms of the seeding. And I still think that Illinois is in a very good spot to get that two seed as long as they don't just, you know, lose out, essentially. I think they're going to be right there for it. And that the I.O. injury will buy them a little bit of cushion if they lose a game or two while he's out. Here's another thing, too, um, that I thought about as far as a silver lining is concerned. This team, for whatever reason, he could go back to last year for this. Sometimes they need to be scared into a sense of urgency. Think about last year, the four-game losing streak, Iowa at home, sorry, Iowa on the road, Super Bowl Sunday, that Friday night game against Maryland, the following Tuesday against Michigan State where Iowa got hurt, and then at Rutgers, a four-game losing streak, and you feel, man, Iowa may not come back for a while. Well, he did. A lot sooner than we thought. You won a top 10 game at Penn State. You won five of your last six with the one loss being against a tough Ohio State team on the road. It wasn't a bad performance or anything, but that Illinois team played with a sense of urgency down the stretch. I'm not going to say this is great timing for Iowa to have a broken nose, but after Tuesday night's game, this team seemed to be on autopilot. And when they're playing well and everything's going right, autopilot's fine. But then you get a game like Tuesday night, and you see that mentally this team sometimes needs a swift kick in the butt. And I wish it weren't Io getting a broken nose, but when he does come back, and it will be sooner rather than later, maybe this is going to be the final reminder that this team needs that this can end immediately. It could have been over if it would have been a worse injury for Io. I don't know what that would have looked like, but it could be over at any instant. And that's not some sort of morbid thought or... You know, I'm not trying to be depressing by that, but it should play into the sense of urgency that this team has. The final point for this silver lining argument that I had, and I tweeted this out earlier today, but I've been thinking about it and and just trying to make sure that it made sense when I tweet it out, but I think it does. This is better than a concussion. A broken nose is better than a concussion. It's a sure thing in that you know how to treat it. Now, there might be some time where they need to let this heal to a certain extent. I don't know how long, but you do see in basketball, there's been plenty of examples. LeBron, Rip Hamilton, right? He was infamous for wearing that. That you can play basketball with a mask and be unaffected by it. So I count on Iowa being out there sooner rather than later. 
don't count on him probably. If he's not going to play tonight, it would seem kind of silly for him 36 hours later to play at Wisconsin. So that may be a stretch. Fortunately, those are the two most winnable games in the schedule. And we'll see Tuesday night at Michigan. I would be very surprised if next Saturday he's not playing at Ohio State. I think that's a game that you can win. And who am I kidding? I think any of these games you can win. It's just a question of will this team show up or not. But ultimately, the biggest takeaway I have in terms of silver linings for this happening when it did, this team was not going to win a Big Ten title. So it's not as if Io not playing tonight means Big Ten title over. The Big Ten title was over when you lost a game in which Io played the whole time. And before that injury, Iowa was not great, right? The whole team wasn't great, to be quite honest. So the Big Ten title dreams were done. But everything else is still out there in front of you. It is. And as frustrated as I was Tuesday night, and you would have heard it if you're a glutton for punishment and you listened to that postgame podcast, God bless you if you did, I was pretty pissed off, right? I think we all were. But ultimately, every other thing that you want is still out there for you, including the possible one seed. You think about this team winning the next two games, let's say, without Iowa. Nebraska and Wisconsin. And I think that given the matchups, they can do that. Michigan, whatever. And then you win against Ohio State that final game of the year. You're right where you want to be. Again, all these other teams between, let's say, 6 and 10 in the AP poll, they aren't doing a thing. No one's leapfrogging you. Oklahoma loses to freaking Kansas State two nights ago, the same night that you lost to Michigan State. Which one's the bad loss? It's not at East Lansing. Not a Michigan State team that will likely play their way into the tournament. And by the way, they played well. We we can go around in circles about how they mucked it up and how this guy smashed Iowa in the face, and that's all true. But ultimately, Michigan State on offense, we couldn't stop them. And that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot to do with them being physical or them being dirty. They were better than us. For 40 minutes, they were better than Illinois. So that was not a fluke. That was just a really piss-poor performance from Illinois. That goes back to the sense of urgency thing. I don't know what it is with this team, and I feel like, unfortunately, it might have taken this sort of scary moment. Uh Uh-oh, is Iowa okay? How long is he going to be out? And then when he finally comes back, okay, guys, this is it. These could be our final few games of the year. I hate that Iowa is not going to get technically his senior night. This would have been the last game at State Farm Center. Silver lining, as some have pointed out on Twitter today, his last shot at State Farm Center was the dagger three against Northwestern. That's not bad. One of many amazing moments that he had at the State Farm Center. That's a pretty high note to go out on. And really tonight, I got to be like, the Nebraska game was so anticlimactic. After the Michigan State game, I thought, should we even do a live podcast? Who cares? I mean, I would have watched the game, of course. I was going to watch every second of it. But what are we going to talk about? Well, guess what? Hey, we got plenty to talk about. And I'm excited to get Trevor and Isaac in on this too. So... Am I just trying to find silver linings as a coping mechanism? Maybe. But the way this team was going, the Michigan State game was a stark reminder that for whatever reason, this team mentally has major lapses. I'm not saying that this is going to be the thing to put things into focus for them, but it might be. It might have taken something severe like this to do that. And Iowa will be okay. Physically, he's going to be tip-top when he gets back on the court. That nose will heal. It'll heal enough to put a mask on it, and he'll be back out there. I mean, take it from Dr. Carp. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I think that given what we've seen in basketball before, he will be just fine. So that's my silver lining for today. Again, this might all sound kind of silly if by the time you hear this podcast, Illinois loses to Nebraska. So I've said that about five times so far. I won't, I won't repeat that. Hopefully you chuckle when you hear that and say, oh, Carp, come on. They won by 20. You don't need to worry about that. Uh, 
early game tonight too, so you don't need to bring your coffee. That's other good news. Let's talk about Illini Media. I'm not talking about the Illini Media Company with the Daily Illini and 107.1. No, I'm talking about Illini sports media figures and the way that today shook out. It was disappointing. And there are two names that I'll start off with, okay? Because there was a conversation, I say conversation, Dan Rohn from WGN and Dave Wisnowski both used the word thug. Now, as someone that is certainly on the liberal side of the spectrum, I also do not always like, how should we say it, the sort of policing of the terms that one can use and one cannot use. But there are certain words that the connotations have been strong enough with them where you just don't use it. There's no real benefit in using the word thug because for quite a long time, it's been clear what that is kind of, you know, indicating. And there is a racial component to it. Now, it's one thing to say it, and Dan Rohn just put a little apology out there. He'll be fine. He won't, I mean, I would hope not. He won't get fired or anything for having used thug in a tweet because he was saying that I think it was thug behavior. I don't know if he called the guy personally a thug. Again, here we go into the verbal <laughs> verbal police thing, and I don't always feel comfortable doing that, but I think Dan Rohn's going to be fine, okay? And he didn't have to bend over backwards and say, oh my God, I'm so, no, he put out one tweet saying, hey, I might have misspoke there a little bit. And I would do that too if there's something that I said where the connotation was a little bit, I don't know about that carp. I would have said, listen, that was not my intent. One case of that happening was after Jawan Howard mentioned missing classes. I had tweeted out about, hey, when Jawan was a basketball player, I doubt missing classes was at the top of his mind. And I even thought after I tweeted that out, well, hold on, that could be misconstrued as a vaguely racist tweet by saying, well, Jawan Howard, young black basketball player, he didn't want to go to class. You see, I, I was afraid someone would read that in that way. And a couple of people tweeted at me and I said, listen, I understand why you would view it like that, but here is my main point. And I really tried to reiterate that because that was not what I was going for, but I understand that things can be read that way. You do have to be careful, right? Cancel culture, whatever other term you want to use for it. Um, I, I don't always agree with just ending someone's career for saying one bad thing. I don't agree with that, no. Um, but yeah, I think it's behooves us all to just be kind of aware of the terms we use. Thug, eh, don't do it. Dave Wisnowski used the word thug. Now, this is Dave's trick, and he's been doing this for a long time. He always seems to find himself in the middle of controversy. And then he sort of flips and says, well, what, what did I say? What did I do? You guys are acting crazy here. For someone that continually finds themselves in the muck of it, eventually he needs to ask himself, why do I continue to find myself in argument after argument, controversy after controversy? He is someone that feeds off of that. And he would never admit it. He always tries to pass himself off as the common sense guy. Of course, he doubles down on Thug today. And here's the issue I kind of have with that, because this is the difference between Dan Rohn maybe mistakenly using that term when he could use a better one, right? A more apt term. Dirty is the word that we could use for that play. When you bring Thug into it, there's connotations. Dave Wisnowski doubles down on everything. He's not ever going to admit that what he said was stupid. For example, after the Michigan State game, when Levy Smith and that team came back and he said, all you uh, haters owe Levy an apology, and I made fun for how just ridiculous of a sentiment that was. He would not back down from that. He doubles down on everything he says. Now, listen, I'm a stubborn guy too. No doubt about it. But I would like to think I'm self-aware enough to say, you know what? I could have said that better. I could have said that better. Him, not so much. And here's the issue. He has enough of a following and he has enough Illini fans that subscribe to his newsletter. Metaphorically speaking, that's a Simpsons thing. But 
when he speaks like that, it can reflect on the Illini fan base. And yeah, that's, I, I would blame anyone for taking one personality and then painting with a broad brush on its entire fan base. But that's kind of the world we live in. So when you have Illini sports media types that are talking like idiots, they're making the rest of us look bad. And not just Illini sports media. I'm not saying like, hey, Dan Rohn and Dave Wisnowski made me look bad today. No, they make Illini fans look like just a bunch of whiny complainers with a nice little racist twist. <laughs> I'm not saying that's necessarily the in, their intent. But here's the thing. Dan Rohn was contrite. And he said, hey, my bad, essentially, right? How hard is that? Hey, listen, I shouldn't have used that. Okay, I get it. That's all he said. Fair enough. Okay, got you, Dan. Dave, no, I'm going to double and triple down on it. Then we have a pissing match later on about who gets credit for breaking the story. It could have been JoJo1986123, blah, 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 username, whatever, on a message board. This rumor was out there a long time from early this morning. How is there really one person that's going to break this story when it probably trickled out there to many sources, but they were awaiting official word? At that point, we're talking about someone who might have checked their inbox first. I broke the story. It was in my inbox. Or someone got the first phone call or something like that. People are so, I say people, let me rephrase. Journalists have become so obsessed with being the first people to break something. That's like the, the primary motivation for a lot of people. And some advice to young people. It doesn't matter. You are not going to be remembered for being the person to break that news. And you, but you might be remembered for being the person to complain about, hey, you took my credit or, you know, hey, national guy, you took my, you took my scoop. However, this news got delivered. It was going to get delivered to everybody. There was not going to be a scoop on this one. This was going to percolate out there pretty quick, and it did. Then the final thing with the Illini Twitter muckfest that was today is the fans. Now, I would sit here and say, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you bet you're a great fan. I like you a lot. Okay, that goes without saying. Of course, I like you. You're listening to the 200 level, but you don't have to agree with everything I say, right? But I will say this. I will say this about fan bases in general, and this includes Illinois. I said this before on 93.5, and I hold to it. Every fan base sucks. Every fan base sucks. We had a great example of that today for Illini fans. And trust me, as someone that has seen many a text line thing come through and many a tweet come through, yep, Illini fans suck too. How many? I don't know. I can't give you a percentage, but I think it's just about the same percentage as every other fan base. Of course, it's fun to crap on Iowa fans. We should. That's part of the fun of being sports. Of course, we should crap temporarily on Michigan State for what happened on Tuesday night. Of course, we should crap on Michigan for sidestepping. I think that's what they did. Sidestepping a game against Illinois a couple Fridays ago. That's fine. That's fandom. That's sports. That's the fun of it, right? But today, it got a little bit crazy. They are not going to suspend the player from Michigan State for the rest of the year. He got kicked out of the game. They could suspend him for another game. I know, hey, and we have reason to say, well, Alan Griffin got suspended, I think, for a game after the Purdue one. Fair enough. Tom Izzo, yeah, Tom Izzo is kind of a snake. I don't, I don't buy this whole, you know, bastion of everything that's right with college sports thing that a lot of people put on Tom Izzo. I think that's been disproven a long time ago. He can annoy me as much as the next guy. But... He's not Satan. 
<laughs> he's not. He's just a college basketball coach looking out for his best interest, for better and worse. So it just felt like today we, as a fan base, took a step back. Now, we were kind of pushed along a little bit by some of the people that have followers and acted complete fools. But also, as a collective, there was this sort of rabble, 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 rabble. And that is not going to get us anywhere. And I say get us anywhere. It's like, it has some dignity, has some respect. Io got hurt. He's going to miss a couple games probably. He's going to be back. We still are primed for a run in the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament. We're still primed for a two-seed in the NCAA tournament and maybe a one-seed if he comes back and we beat a Michigan or Ohio State. It's all right there in front of us. The only thing that really had the door shut on it was the Big Ten title, but that door was shut Tuesday night. So how much really changed? I feel for Io. I know his family was ticked off by it, as they should be. That's your kid, right? Or your brother, and he gets smacked in the face. National Player of the Year candidate. All of that stinks, right? It stinks. And as a Illini fan, I hate that Io, one of the best players to ever don an Illini uniform, that we get probably two fewer games with him. That sucks. We should get every opportunity to see him, and he should get every opportunity to put that jersey on. But he is going to get more opportunities. And he's not going to have to recover in terms of his physical stamina or his strength. He's going to be ready to go. And when he comes back out there, you can be rest assured, I was the kind of guy that lives up to the moment, usually when the lights are brightest. Now, Tuesday night was an exception, though I guess there were more things on the wall, writing on the wall, I should say, that might have told us that was the signature trap game. The way Michigan State was playing and the way this team just has these lapses against teams that either aren't Minnesota or aren't ranked. Seems to be the thing, right? But I will... finish this little solo portion of it with this team needs urgency and boy howdy do they have it they have urgency now it has been placed right on their laps and they need to respond there's no other choice we're going to learn a lot about the other guys i think we're going to see someone like andre crabello be thrust into a 25 minute a game role out of necessity i think we're going to see trent really really relish this opportunity however long he has to be the lead dog out there in the backcourt Comes down to question marks like an Adam Miller, Georgie. <laughs> Georgie, come on. DeMonte not being afraid to take that three. It's been way too long. And Kofi being Kofi again. You're still better than Nebraska. Without Io, I think you're as good as Wisconsin. It's a great matchup on Saturday. And let's just presume Io's not going to play. So it's right there in front of you. It's a game. It's basketball. Five on five, and I would still take the five that Illinois put out there without Io over this Nebraska and this Wisconsin team. Again, as I will say for the last time in the solo portion, boy, am I going to look pretty dumb if we lose to Nebraska, but uh, let's just pretend they don't. Okay, that's it. I just had to get that out of the way. A little frustration with the way some of the things went today, and oddly enough, not a lot of those frustrations had to do with what happened Tuesday night. Of course, it sucks, but it's the reaction the kind of crazy reaction where it's like, guys, let's gather our bearings here a little bit and and keep our cool and understand that we still have it all in front of us. And we do. Okay, let's get the guys in here. Okay, we're taking a time jump. It's five o'clock. This is kind of a back to the future thing. I think about it. The, the episode title is where we're going, we don't need no's. Which, of course, meaning that uh, I he doesn't need a fully healthy nose to play. He's going to be back with a broken nose, and he'll be fine. We don't need nose. So we're going to take a back-to-the-future jump here. Into the future, 
as I finish this solo portion at five o'clock on Thursday evening, we're going to go up to about what? Seven o'clock, 7 p.m. for the second half of the Illinois Nebraska game with Isaac Ambrose and Trevor Valise. So it's an eight point Illinois lead as we start recording again. And yeah, we'll back to the future jump here from five o'clock when I finished my solo segment to now with Isaac Ambrose and Trevor Valise. And Isaac, we need to fill Trevor in on what happened in that first half. It was a weird first half. There were some good things. There were some, well, not some, but a lot of stoppages in play for technical fouls. So first, start off with the interesting stat that you just threw at us a minute ago. Okay, so there have been five technical fouls in the first half, and there were only four total made three-pointers between both teams. Hmm. So you got that going for you. Um, Kofi... Trent was being a little bit more the instigator like he has been um, in the first half. And then Kofi a couple times. It just seemed like after the Michigan State game, I Bardo says a lot of interesting things, but I think in the first half he put it well. It's almost like these Illinois guys are still sensitive from the Michigan State game. And I mean, if I'm them, you're like, hey, our best player, our leader got knocked out of the game. And it, it was just a weird game in East Lansing. And you're, you're bringing the effects of that over to this type of game. But you need to step up. I think, Trevor, you said it perfectly in the text thread. It's like, if you're a high schooler and a seventh grader is calling you names or something like that, like, are you really going to wind up and beat up on the middle schooler? Like, the, middle, the high schooler is the only one that has something to lose. Like, Nebraska has nothing to lose. So they're, they're just going to pester. They're going to bite at your heels because they know you're, like, you are the bigger man, so they might as well try to just piss you off. Trevor, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. And to give people at home a little thing, my BTN stream was a little bit off. I'm at 1847 in the second half. Is that anywhere near where you guys are? That's exactly what I'm at. Okay. And That's Trevor, exactly where I am. Hey, okay, great. So I got it. I got it right now. So I apologize for anyone that cues it up. But we are at 1847, and Trevor's favorite thing of any Illini game is when Kofi misses the shot but gets fouled. So here's free throw number one. It is up. It is no good. Trevor, how does just on the one to ten annoyance scale, where are you when you see Kofi get fouled and immediately miss the first of two free throws? Uh, well, annoyance, I, I don't know because I just expect it at this point. It's more oh, okay. just like like I, I've talked about before. It's just <laughs> it, 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 there's sort of this like if, if the crowd was there. As he tried to make the shot, it would be, oh, but then like a little bit of a cheer, like, okay, all right, come on, Kofi, like chip away, go to the line. I just don't have any of that secondary uh, clapping to reward him for getting the foul because, I mean, you, you're hitting like, I don't know what he's hitting lately. For It's got to be like 300. It's just, it's not happening. And I don't know, you know, towards he makes the end of a last year, he was so good. He makes one out of two. I just, I haven't come to expect anything. But it's less annoying and more I've just accepted fate on, on that. Unbelievable that take by Curbelo here. So 18.25 to go. Curbelo, amazing fast break. And really the story of the game so far, and I think the biggest positives for sure, are Curbelo. And Miller was 16 in the first half. An easy take there for Nebraska. And uh, we got a 39-32 Illinois lead. So Nebraska has chipped into it by one. And Isaac, right before we hit record... We said, God, I hope that stupid three by Nebraska at the end of the first half doesn't bite you. I mean, I, I let out a very percussive F word. But, oh, wait, here's a three-pointer for Trent with 17.55 to go, 42 to 32. But, uh, Isaac, I'm, I'm guessing you were probably in the same boat because I, I was feeling it at that point, up 11 and the way that we were closing out the half. 
Yeah, it was one of those shots where you're like, that better not matter at the end of the game. If that really is what matters is the step back, late buzzer, three-pointer, then whatever, I guess I'll take it. But you've responded pretty well. Um, Adam, the freshmen have been your best players. And I said this too, I think before we started recording, like it feels as if the coaches before the game were almost just saying, hey, Io's not out there. Our leader's not out there. Shoot whatever you want. Just take shots. Just give give us a solid effort and we'll be happy. And it, it kind of seems like everybody's just out there having a good time. And um, it, it's a little bit of a taste of, you know, what the future is going to be without Io. So you have to be somewhat, satisfied uh, for me absolutely okay so we got a take from nebraska i gotta say there's a weird number of like loose balls that are going nebraska's way after we almost create a turnover and that's just starting to fizzle under my skull that little battery acid feeling like you've got to be you know like joe pesci fake cursing in home alone because he couldn't actually curse because it's a pg movie that is what's going on in my brain when i see nebraska snag one of those demonte misses the three nebraska with a break opportunity here this is I, I get Cody Allen and Webster mixed up because they got kind of the same haircut. I got Webster, I think, now taking it to the rim. A floater is up and good, so we have a six-point game. So, guys, uh, throughout tonight, it's going to be kind of second half, but also the larger scope of where this team is going post-IO. And, I mean, you know, post-IO at the end of the year, not so much that, but I mean these next couple games, two, three games, however many he misses. We got a feed to Kofi and an easy dunk. No. He misses. Here we go again. Nothing is given. Okay, but so guys, let's. <laughs> guys, he's going to get two free throws. <laughs> okay, so let's take bets. Let's take bets. How many of these two free throws is he going to make? I'm going to go. I'm going to be optimistic. Okay, both. I'm sorry. We look at Kofi get smashed in the face twice. God, you're right. He got slapped in the face by two different hands. That's a technical too. You know, and here's the thing. We're going to talk about how the Illini Twitter world today probably. How do we say? Overreacted. But I will say there is one uh, thing that if it sticks in your craw, it should. It's okay. And it did in Underwoods for sure because he got a technical because of it in the first half. Kofi is getting kind of mauled out there. Now, it looks like they are taking a look at this. And Trevor, I don't know if there was any intent on that particular one. But I, I can understand if there's one guy on this Illinois team that should be frustrated, it would be Kofi. Because that, that, I think, would take a toll. Yeah, Underwood's been harping on this forever and just that he's a seven-foot monster. And I, I feel kind of bad calling a person a monster. I mean, it seems like it's kind of a negative connotation, but I don't mean it that way. No, he's a, he's huge. He's built so differently that, that any time he takes a hit, he's not going to necessarily show the wear and tear of said hit. And so it, it's sort of like I've compared it to a rookie in the MLB getting a smaller strike zone. It, it, it mm-hmm. happens, but I don't understand why. Like, it shouldn't fundamentally change the way Kofi gets officiated just because he's seven feet tall. All right, so it's a flagrant one, which means that he will get three free throws. So he'll get the flagrant, and then he'll get two. Okay, so what's shot. our over-under here? I'm going I'm, I'm going to go, I said both. I'm going to s- stick at two out of three. Same. Okay. One, he's making one. I was hoping you'd say all three, Isaac. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. I know the odds are against it, but let's see. Okay, so Trevor and I, optimistic here. We're going two out of three. Uh-huh. Isaac going with one. And the first one, you see, I can't tell if Isaac made that sound because he made one and his bet doesn't look good. <laughs> he makes the first one. It is. All right. 
Because see, the thing is, <laughs> as bad as he is at times, he's very streaky. Don't you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. And he's got a good. He does have a decent looking stroke. But I mentioned this before. I always wonder why Shaq was so bad at free throws. Here's the second one. It's good. Hey. Oh, can we get all three? You should have won three, Isaac. You should have won three. I and, and we got one more coming up here. Or is that going to be two more free throws? Is it four? So it must just be the ball back. I, I don't see. think it was a shooting foul. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Well, okay, he made both, and uh, Trevor and I win. Cool. We'll do many more bets, though. No worries. No worries. Okay, we got a nice feed to oh, Kofi. Kofi gets fouled, so we're going to have two more. We can do this game again. I bet we'll be able to do it quite a bit. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to go one out of two here. I know it's the easy way out. Trevor? I'm, I'm riding the fact that he's streaky, and I'll go two for two. Wow. Isaac? Oh, for two. Ooh, okay. So we, we got one for each. 16.34 to go. It's an eight-point Illinois lead. And here's Kofi. He will have two shots. This was a shooting foul. Three fouls on Nebraska, one on Illinois. The first free throw for Kofi. He dribbles once, twice. Shot is up. It is good. Wow, he's three in a row here, Trevor. Might be right about the streaky thing. Nine-point lead again for Illinois. It's good to see Trevor. I know it's Nebraska. It's a different opponent than, let's say, at Duke or I'm trying to think of other games against good teams where you just always punched back. But I will say that Illinois hasn't done a good job of keeping this between an eight, nine, ten-point lead. Here's the second free throw for Kofi. It is up. It is good. Trevor wins. I am in the money. All right. Okay, so what was the spread on this game after the IO injury was announced? 14, I think. After the injury was announced, 14. It was 16 at first. Wow, it's only a two-point swing. Here's a three from Webster. It is no good. Nice corral there by Curbelo. He goes between guys. He gets the ball. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, the feed to Kofi from sitting on his butt. It is a 12-point Illinois lead, 48 to 36. That was nice. That was fun. Let's see. Oh, my stupid Big Ten Network app. Are you guys still there? I think I might have lost these guys. Did I lose my internet? Trevor and Isaac. Check one, two. Yes. Okay. Did I lose you guys for a second? Yeah. Yeah, that's my bad. I think so. Well, basically, uh, we were going to timeout, right? There was the feed from Kofi to Curbelo. We'll leave that in there just so people can see the warts and all 200-level podcasts. But did anything happen after that? No. Okay. <laughs> just got fouled. Okay, cool. Uh, real quick, <laughs> as, we, <laughs> as we got a break here, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. I see it now. They're showing it, and now they're going to break. I will refresh so, my Big Ten feed. Okay. The way Isaac said no, very monotonously and matter-of-factly, made me think of a discussion I was having with Isaac Trotter. Mm-hmm. We were talking about um, because the NLI, you know, you, you might be able to actually advertise yourself and make money off of it as an athlete coming up in, in coming years. We were theorizing who would be the worst Illinois athlete on like an advertisement. The worst Illinois athlete on an advertisement as where you'd like, see it and you'd just be try underwhelmed. To picture, try to picture like Brandon Peters selling you something. Hmm, yeah, that wouldn't oh, work. Oh, it'd be DeMonte probably. Who? DeMonte, just because... He would be like Marshawn Lynch, you know, like you would try to get him to say something and he would 
just say it so nonchalantly, but just enough to where he can still get his money or whatever, but not talk too much. Man, my feed certainly sucks right here. I'm having a hard time getting it back, so let me check the old internet. <laughs> then I was trying to picture, like, you know, you, you could see somebody like Georgie being the face of, I don't know, a florist shop. You know, just something very out there, but it would totally make sense for him. Yeah, no, absolutely. He could just be like the face of Cam's. I tell you what, Georgie is—he is struggling mightily. And Trevor, he you, you missed the awful. first. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. but like, what He's does not he good bring right you? Now. Uh, and I was listening on radio, and Brian Barnhart said after he got the offensive foul, after Nebraska had an offensive foul, then it goes back to you, and he picks up the offensive foul for the illegal screen. Barnhart said he dances to the bench, and I'm like, why is he dancing? Yeah, why? enough dancing. Stop dancing. Stop. And I was about to say, stop smiling. That's a little too extreme. But yeah, it is. It is a bit aggravating. Here's the deal, guys. I'm I'm good enough internet to talk to you, but for some reason, my BTN thing is not loading on my computer. So I'm downloading the Fox Sports app on my phone. So that means one of you guys is going to have to kind of do the old play-by-play action here a little bit, potentially. Who wants it? I'm eating a salad, so I'm out. Okay, uh, uh, Isaac, you, you might be in charge here, or we can call Harry Black and get him on the horn. He is a an expert, <laughs> expert at play-by-play. I don't know what's going on with this Fox Sports website, though. It's uh, it was working, and now it's just stinky. What if we like convinced the audience that I like knew Spanish, and I was just trying to say it in Spanish? Uh, you'd fool me. I, I actually <laughs> I stopped Spanish after my sophomore year in high school. And just pure laziness. And you think about these people that are just bilingual and, uh, you know, all these other countries where English, they just learn it. And here I am, lazy American, like, nah, I don't really want to. It's just, it's pure laziness on my part. It would be nice to know another language. If you can know another language, what would it be? Other than Spanish, because that's the most practical. Mm. Hmm. I feel like, huh, it'd have to be like Russian or something just because... That language just sounds so aggressive. I don't know if it's like the way they say it or if it's the words or what, but everything's got to, you know, like you're clearing the back of your throat, sort of. Yeah, I would go Japanese. I actually think the Japanese mm. is one of the coolest languages. It just rolls off Have the you tongue. guys ever watched like an old Godzilla movie that's not uh, dubbed over with English? Those are pretty fun. Uh, yes, that is fun. And, uh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm a little sidetracked because I'm trying to get this stupid game streaming again. Are we back? Is it back? <laughs> yeah, they- it's back. Yes. Adam, Adam Miller just fouled a uh, tall dude. I forgot his name, but that's not very descriptive. <laughs> but he's the really Stanton. tall guy, the tall, skinny guy, right? Yes, with the, the bright yellow shoes. Okay. 45. Cool. I like that description and of him. That, that works, actually. Well, he- Bright yellow shoes guy just turned it over and Kofi grabbed it. Okay, cool. So I see right now it's a 50 to 36 lead with 1509 left on my score app. It's probably a little bit ahead of and that one. for you guys. And one. All right, for who? Kofi. Somehow Kofi wow. picked that up off the ground. I did not see that coming. Nice. So it's 51 to 36 with 1509 to go. I'm just going off of my Yahoo Sports app. If it continues like this, and honestly, I think the conversation will gravitate towards uh, some of the larger things that were happening today because it was the longest day as an Illini fan, right? You could go back to last year after the Michigan State game, and that felt like death. That day sucked. Do you guys distinctly recall that day? Because I remember waking up and that cloud over my head of, well, the season's over, and uh, this sucks. 
Yes, that day was awful. I that day felt like three days, and even though you got, you know, fairly great news, honestly, at by four p.m. that day was just terrible. Yeah, today has it's just been so weird because I had not really even thought of the possibility of Io not playing until I saw it on like the fan forum on twenty four seven, and I don't. I just imagined, okay, if he got hurt, he'd play with a mask or whatever, but I'm not a doctor. So it sounds like it was the right decision to go ahead and sit out for a, at least tonight and in the near future. But just Io's your leader, and you hope that one player doesn't change everything, but he kind of does. Mentally, I mean, who who do you want taking the shot now at the end of the game? Trent, maybe? Like, you just take away your MVP by far. And you can argue, again, you can argue that... Garza is going to be the Big Ten Player of the Year for sure, but I think Iowa is definitely more important to Illinois than Garza is to Iowa. Like Illinois becomes a bubble team when Iowa is not out there, but when he's out there, you're like a two or a three seed. Uh, you know, I would agree with that. As we see Iowa, and by the way, I need to check their score against Michigan. Now they're down nine. They were actually leading earlier in that first half, and Iowa to me, Luca has his twelve. Uh, they are so much more contingent on how well the other guys shoot three-pointers. That's just kind of what they do. And certainly, Illinois is contingent on that as well. But it does seem like the ceiling for Illinois is higher based on what Io does than Iowa. There's a consistency with Garza where you just say, I know he's going to get us this far. But with Iowa, it feels like there's that extra push that can overcome the other guy's weaknesses. I, I don't feel the same way about Iowa. We got a little run here by Nebraska. So what is this? A 51-42 lead? Another turnover, it looks like. A lazy that was pass a, from, was that Corbello? That was Grandison. Okay, so I, that, I have 51-42. What do you guys have? I'm sorry for the frustration here. I cannot get a live feed. The Fox Sports app and the Fox Sports website are not working. So no, that's what, to that's Reddit, what I got. At. But again, Corbello just... I don't even know if that was a foul, but still, there's if he's got a fast break, there's not really a reason to get that close to him. I don't know. He's got a – Trevor, you said this on the radio yesterday. That's one thing you hope to see from Curbelo in the future is to get a lot smarter. Use your fouls wisely, especially as a point guard. He just fouls a lot for a point guard that's not in your starting lineup. Like, he gets somewhere between three and five fouls a night, and he's playing like 20 minutes off the bench, and he's a guard. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And he just chucked the ball way over Grandison's head. Another turnover. Five. So that's a 6 nothing run for Nebraska, by my count, when you were up 51-36. to You were outscoring them 15-8, to so you're basically doubling them up in the second half, and they've essentially pulled even with where they were at halftime. I just don't want this to be one of those under four timeouts. Oh, dear God. You know, I just, I would prefer to avoid that. Okay, well, because I can't see the freaking game, I'm going to be watching on my phone. I, I'm ready to curse. I got to be honest, guys. Uh, there has been more of a buildup today with frustration over the situation as a whole. So whether it be Io being hurt, that kind of ticks me off. Uh, whether it be Tom Izzo, and I, I think he is kind of a slime ball, but he gets more of a pass because of his longevity and success, understandably. Uh, with some people on Twitter, which that's stupid of me to even get that frustrated about it. So, Trevor, let's start with this, actually, because 
He definitely passed on uh, investigating that sexual assault, that's for sure. Yes, he did. He didn't know anything about it. What? Who? Who? Where? I don't remember that guy. Where do you live? Uh, yeah. And, do you and remember when he said that? He, I'm sorry, but he's, he said, I don't remember who that is. And it was a player on his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't remember him? Yeah, and he, there's also that cloud of everything that happened at Michigan State. And I, I'm not saying that he and Larry Nasser were... Bu- <laughs> I'm not saying that, but... That was a really bad stretch. If you think the last five years for Michigan State Athletics. And Antonio, too, right? Wasn't there yeah. something there? Yeah, and to be honest, he kind of just left, and people seem to have forgotten about it. But, I mean, there, there were some other issues within the football program where there were guys that were being accused of domestic and sexual assault. You know, they were kind of getting away with it. So we have, let's see, a dunk from Grandison. Have you guys been there yet? Have you seen that? Um, yes. Okay. Was it cool? Wow. Yeah, it actually was. Okay. And we got then uh, a foul on the drunk, the, the dunk. Am I right? Eduardo Andre with yeah. the foul. Wait, can you see who assisted it? Uh, I can't. I cannot. Okay, sh- oh my God. Jacob Grandison missed a free throw. That's his first miss of the year. He is 15 for 16 on the year. How about that? That's pretty incredible. Sorry, guys, for the dead air, but uh, I, I just am oh, lost you're, here. Sorry, this is a terrible podcast because I was trying to sneak in eating a salad because <laughs> I just got home <laughs> while we're doing this, but then you can't talk either. So I can't. Yeah, I can't. Okay, I'm going to log on to my Hulu account, I guess. This is just absolute horse crap. Just let me. Why does Fox Sports need me to log into a cable? Why would you not just want people to watch your product so they can see the ads that are getting paid for? I know it's probably deals with all these cable networks, but man, this is frustrating. I just want to watch the stupid game, and I can't. So that was an alley-oop from DeMonte who stole the ball. Wow. To Grandison, who slammed it in over a guy, basically posterized him, and got the end one. Very nice. So he got up on that, I guess. Some hops. He did. Um, Almost made the free throw. Good Lord. Jacob Jumpison. I working here. Let's try this again here. I'm going to Firefox now. We're trying a different... I'm sure this is just fascinating for the folks at home. Okay, so let's talk about today as I'm trying to get this freaking thing figured out. It pisses me off. I hate technology sometimes, guys. This is, this is my Achilles heel. This is where I lose my cool. As a 34-year-old, I turn back into 14-year-old pouty, complainy carp. I don't know about you guys. What's your trigger? Mine is almost the same thing. I was going to say the thing that frustrates me more than anything is when technology tells you something and you know verifiably that it's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you click on the computer and it says that file does not exist. And it's like, I'm looking at the file. Like it, it, it <laughs> objectively exists. Okay. I'm at foxsports.com. I'm going to live TV and it's not loading on my Firefox either. So I don't know, guys. It's 56 to 44 Illinois lead. Jacob Grandison with the 16-foot jumper. I'd love to be watching all these role players do their thing tonight, but apparently that's not in the cards. <sighs> so let's just talk about today. Sorry. Uh, Trevor, let's start with you. And Isaac, I want to get you immediately after that. What was your general takeaway with the reaction today? As Georgie gets an eight-foot hook shot. Not bad, 58 to 44. What was your general reaction today? First, uh, kind of take us through the day, because there was first the news that we got, which was disappointing, but then also the reaction that came afterwards. The news was disappointing, but frankly, my reaction to what happened afterwards was even more disappointing. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm lecturing anybody, but 
the whole thing was just annoying and it was gross. And I just, and I'm talking both sides here, both reactions from Michigan state, you know, saying, well, that's just a normal play. Cause it objectively wasn't, it was dirty uh, yeah. and it was a dirty play. And, you know, they had three different players foul out with less than 10 minutes of game time each. And the fourth guy there got ejected. So, I mean, you look at that and you go, okay, even trying to be as objective as possible, four players fouled out of that game, one of which got ejected, and none of them played more than 10 minutes. How is that possible without at least, um, and I'm not, I'm not saying Tom Izzo put a hit out on anybody, but clearly the game plan going into that game was to bad boy piston it up because that's how they thought they were going to win the game. And I guess to their credit, that is how they won. The it game. worked. Yeah. Um, but I guess my frustration is that there was very much of a like, grab your pitchforks and let's go get them from the Illinois side. And I, I just, I don't understand what uh, you want to happen. Now, if you want to say that the guy needs to get suspended, okay, that's actually pretty fair. I mean, Isaac mentioned it, but Alan Griffin basically stepped on someone and he got suspended. So sure. Let's, let's see the suspension. But my overall point is just like he got ejected from the game because he did something that was worthy of ejection. That, yeah, like, that's yeah. it for like like he did something bad and he got punished rightly for the bad thing. I don't understand people who are saying Izzo needs to answer for this or we we want his job. He should resign. I mean, people are saying this. Izzo's going to resign because one of his players hit Io. Like I, I just I don't know. I think it's a massive overreaction from both sides. You've got people throwing around really just ugly words like thug, which I hate. And it, I, I know you broached that earlier, Carp, but it's just, I don't know. The whole thing was just gross to me. You had people trying to claim credit for this one thing. that He broke the news 10 minutes before he did. I don't care. Okay? The guy hit Io. It really sucks. The guy got punished. Period. I like the... Uh... I think you kind of hit the core of it. And I did broach in the opening segment, the use of the word thug, because I, I'm not one to be language police. I, I, I kind of have this weird feeling with it. Like, Oh, you can say this, but you can't say that. But there are certain words where the connotation is just there. And that has been there for a while with the word thug. And I mentioned, I actually specifically talked about Dave Wisnowski who refuses to show any contrition for anything like just blatantly anti-apologetic he doubles and triples down because in his mind i don't know that's that's some some version of strength or something i wouldn't know i'm new to them <laughs> that's that's probably smart but to be honest it was from uh, somebody that had sent me this exchange and and to me that was kind of the low point of this discourse between illinois and michigan state fans today which you know, Michigan State fans were doing some fairly, you know, the Barstool account, but it is Barstool, so why should I be surprised? You know, we're kind of mocking our displeasure at I.O. being out. And, but I feel like the way that Illinois fans reacted to, and in a weird way, this trickles down to the way that the team plays down to Nebraska's sort of strong arm tactics. You know, we seem like babies. And I'm, I can't just be like, hey, Illini fans, be better, you know, but it does seem like, I don't know. We kind of took the bait and we look kind of small. I, I guess I just ask, like, what do you want to have happen? You know what I mean? Like, like what in your mind, the people with the pitchfork saying, we need to do something about this. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to go TP Sissoko's mom's house. <laughs> like, like what, what's the end That'll game? Show him. So Isaac, you wake up this morning, you actually texted us in the text thread. That was the first indication I got. And to be honest, after Tuesday night's game, I flushed it from my memory and didn't think twice about it. But when did you first see inklings of this? And 
as the day went on, did you did your attitude kind of go up and down like mine did? It felt like kind of a journey this entire day. Yeah, and especially in today's day and age, right? You have to be careful what you believe. But a lot of times you'll find that random dark source on Twitter or like Reddit, and it turns out to be right. And that's exactly what happened on Twitter this morning. I opened it up and um, I actually searched IO because I was looking for the Wendy's thing so I could vote for him for the Wooden Award or whatever. And I started seeing a bunch of tweets from random accounts, like even accounts that have no followers. And then I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is true. So then I went to the 247 boards and a lot of people were talking about these rumors. And again, I hadn't even thought about the Michigan State game a ton. And I definitely hadn't thought, okay, I was going to miss time. And then if he did, it was definitely not more than tonight. But there was so much going on out there. It's just like anything nowadays, though, you have to be super careful what you believe. I mean, some of the major sources were saying like out indefinitely, which is a scary word, or out until March Madness, which is very dramatic. And who knows? I mean, a broken nose, guys come back from it. It's terrible. And it, it was it was a journey. And then you have flashbacks to last year when Iowa got hurt against Michigan State. Obviously, that was potentially a lot more severe. Um, but it is just sad to... This, this would have been Iowa's last game in State Farm Center. And I know nobody was there, but just for him to getting to play on the court one last time. Um, and I'm sure Io wants to be out there. So you wonder if there was also a concussion or something involved maybe. And that's why he's, he's taking it soft, but yeah, it was an interesting day. Uh, felt really long, even though the game was at six, but um, especially going into a game where you can only lose, like you can't really gain anything here by beating Nebraska. So, uh, Thursday, 6 PM starts are not my favorite. Oh, we see. I love the 6 PM start. Hey, by the way, I got to thank my mm. wife. She brought the other laptop down. So I have, you guys on Zoom on one, and I got the game on the other. 60 to 49. Curbelo misses that shot. We got a rebound from DeMonte back up top to Trent. Fakes the three, taking it to the rim. Up. No good, but he will go to the line. How many fouls? This is unbelievable. 1044 to go in the half. Illinois with six fouls. Nebraska, well over 10, because we're already in the double bonus with half of a half to go. Now, let's start with this officiating because a friend of mine from uh, way back elementary through high school, he had tweeted on uh, on Twitter. I just said tweeted on Twitter. Jeez, where else? And he mentioned that, you know, Illini Twitter is going down the ref officiating thing quite a bit. And I would agree. And sometimes I try to shy away from that because it does seem like low-hanging fruit. But I will say this. This kind of stuff can make these games, which already none of us were looking forward to Illinois, Nebraska. I don't think Nebraska fans were even looking forward to this. It makes these games that much more of a drag. It just takes any pace out of it. It mucks it up. And oddly enough, Trevor, you get this on the heels of what happened Tuesday night. It's probably these officials overreacting to what wasn't called that led to Iowa being injured. And we get two crappy games in a row that were officiated completely differently. Yep. And you think back to the Indiana game and how that was officiated. Oh I really God. think that, um, you know, I understand the whole, here we go, complaining about the refs again. I sure. really think it's a problem in the Big Ten, though. And, and you know, there's guys like Jeremy who never tweet about the rest, and I don't mean that badly. It's his job to be impartial. But he tweeted the other day. He said something along the lines of, like, 
I'm not going to say anything specific, but the refs need to be better. And I just think the Big Ten overall, there's such inconsistency. And that's my biggest problem. Like I've said before, if you're going to make the strike zone narrow, wide, whatever, you know, theoretically, metaphorically speaking, Mm -hmm. fine. Just make sure that it's that way, game to game, team to team, player to player. But you just have no idea what's a foul and what's not a foul from minute to minute in a game. And that's what drives me nuts because, and I would imagine it would drive the coaches nuts because how do you game plan for that? You don't know. You don't know if going into the game, every little hand check is going to get called or if someone whacking Kofi on the head isn't going to wow. get called. Wow, speaking of Kofi. So we had a fast break. DeMonte got behind the basket a little bit and he feeds it back to Kofi for a dunk, 64 to 51. Yeah, but I think that you hit on a lot of that, Trevor, because it, I, I understand that every game is going to be called differently because, well, oh my God, a dunk here for Nebraska. It's just it's like we get... We're up 11, so I'm not worried. But it's like, let's just go up 16. But, you know, hey, I guess with Iowa out, this is what it's going to be. But it it is that inconsistency from game to game where, for one, it makes game planning difficult. For another, you know, this is either going to work out beautifully or terribly when the NCAA tournament comes because we get a Big 12 crew or something. DeMonte with a three gets it right back, 67 to 53 for Illinois. But depending on how they call it, then all of a sudden you're thrown for yet another loop. So it's difficult for teams to... And I just, not just Illinois, but it makes what is already a crapshoot that much more of a crapshoot. It adds another element that really, it shouldn't be that intrusive in the game. And yet it is. Yeah. I think that was my point was it's just like a coach should not spend, and I'm not saying they're doing this necessarily, but a coach should not spend, you know, 50% of their pregame ritual worrying about which referee they've right. got tonight and what yeah. that means for the game. Like that shouldn't be the case. All right, so we have a timeout here. I think Illinois took a quick one after that three. That's kind of Brad Underwood's thing. So 8.50 to that. go. Yeah, I mean, get set on defense and find a way to get the stop so you can go up 16, go up 17, whatever it may be. I think. By the way. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Total tangent real quick, but Michigan is up 16. Wow. Well, they're really, really good. Like, Because Iowa had been playing better. And I thought they were actually going to hang tonight just because of how good their offense is. 62 to, I got 64 to 50 now. And if I look at the offensive numbers, and Michigan, it's not just that they're good on offense, Isaac. Their defense statistically is really good. And I think on Ken Palm, it's a top, it might even be a top 10 defense. I'll check that real quick. I, yeah, I mean, I hate to admit it. And like, I admitted it to a couple of my Michigan friends this weekend. Michigan's so dang good. I don't, I don't see them losing. They just play such good, scrappy basketball. And I was talking about this with Lon yesterday at the radio and Trevor, and Lon made a really good point. Like, the sets that they run offensively are just super complex, but they make it look so smooth. Um, Guys are just working in and out. It's like one perfectly moving unit working together. And it's just so much different than what you see from Illinois, for instance. But they also don't have an Iowa or a Kofi, but they just make it work. They don't have a weak spot. Um, they've gotten lucky with a couple of the transfers that have just really panned out. And Michigan's good. I, I'll pick them to probably go to the national championship in my bracket as much as I don't like it. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, I would agree, though. I think be- that I think if you look at them, as I see the balance here, Isaac, they are six in the nation offensively. They are 12th in defense. If you compare that to... Gonzaga is two and five in offense and defense. Baylor is four and nine. So it's understandable why they're far and away the best. 
And then the next best combination. So here's the game that we can play. If you add the numbers uh, in terms of adjusted offense and adjusted defense on Ken Palm, and the lowest number is the best team, okay? If that makes sense. Gonzaga, two for offense, fifth in defense. They have seven, and they're the best team in the nation. Baylor, four, fourth offensively, ninth defensively, so that's 13. Michigan, six offensively, 12th defensively. That's 18 if you combine those. Now, here's the cool thing, and why I'm still excited as long as Io can play next Tuesday. Illinois, ninth offensively, 13th defensively. 15th, excuse me. Not far off. Certainly better than Iowa's 75th defense. I think that as long as Iowa's back, you're going to have a competitive, fun game. I do not expect, Isaac, that Illinois is going to win that one, but I do think it will be close throughout, and maybe Michigan just makes a few more plays at the end. I'd be okay with that. I would too. And you just hope IO can play. And it's kind of like the comeback game last year when he came back against Penn state and won. Um, Michigan's great. You're playing on the road. You have such a touch, tough stretch here to end the season. Um, so you're going to really need a huge game from IO and Kofi, which I think you can get. But if I had to put a thousand dollars on it, I'd say you lose by six or eight. Trevor, how do you feel? Let's presume. Let's presume for a moment, Trevor, that Io does come back. For, whoa, DeMonte almost gets the putback. Jacob Grandison does. I got to say, I do like the energy with which Illinois is playing. I think defensively, it's gotten a little bit sloppy. But offensively, I, I like what I see from this Iowa's team. But Nebraska, they're hang, hang around 11. I mean, that's still a pretty good lead. But Trevor, let's presume Io plays the final two games of the year. I, I obviously like the Ohio State matchup better. Um, but how would you see that Michigan game shaking out, all things being equal? I don't um, – I, I think Isaac gave it a good breakdown in terms of if we were doing the game that you play where you take both teams' rosters and rank them individually, you know, you might argue that Illinois gets one and two. But then after that, how many does Michigan get before you reach you know, Adam Miller or Trent Frazier? Probably five. you go Io and Kofi – and then Dickinson is easily third. Then Livers is easily fourth. I mean, it sounds silly, but Mike Smith is playing out of his mind right now. Franz Wagner. Brooks. Wagner is an NBA prospect. Shondi Brown is like nine for nine from three in the last few games. So, you know, and you can argue, well, that's what Trent could be. Fair. It's just that Michigan is so balanced, so deep, and so consistent. You know, they are essentially what you see from Illinois' role players, except they're never having a night off. Like, Eli Brooks does not go three for 11 from three like Adam can. Uh, Shondi Brown does not go one for seven from three like Trent has shown. They, I mean, they're consistently hitting two or three a game. And so it, it's just this, as Michigan hits another three, they're up 21. God. It's just one of these things where like, it's it sort of, Patriots-like is the wrong word because the Patriots were so boring. Um, but it's just like death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Where like, if you scheme out the one guy, then the other guy is open. And then when you try to run that guy off the three-point line, then Dickinson's open. They showed that they could win with old-school, down-low, strong basketball against uh, against Ohio State. And then they showed that they could out-shoot you right now against Iowa with 75 points and still five minutes to go in the game. So it's just hard to scheme against them. But then at the same time, the caveat is you have the two best players on the floor. So we'll see. But I agree with Isaac that I don't feel great. No, I don't feel great either. What I really don't like, Isaiah Livers, 6'7", Franz Wagner, 6'9". What's the matchup? You know, you, do, you don't have the length to really compete with that unless Grandison can play out of his mind on defense. And I like Grandison as a role player, but 
you know, it's a tall task to say, okay, well, guy, uh, guard Isaiah Livers for 20 minutes, and then even for DeMonte, and I love DeMonte, but there's the weakness in his game defensively is just size, and if you get a tweener like Isaiah Livers, it just makes it tough for him. Now, I will say, though, as time has went on, I am more optimistic about that Ohio State game. In no way would I predict a win, but I think you need to look at them defensively and think of them like a better Iowa but not they're closer, I think, to an Iowa than they are to a Michigan. I know that game was competitive, mm. but I, I feel as if Ohio State, that's kind of been their thing. And if you look at that win streak, there are some impressive wins in there, but man, they can throw up some real stinkers on defense. So I, I'm just looking, I'm keying in on that and maybe keying in on it too much. I think that's a fair point, though, because you see some of those games against the Penn States where they win 87-82, they gave up 92 to Michigan. Um, so defensively, it's definitely not their strong suit. I just worry that, similar to Michigan, they have so many guys who are consistent that it's sort of like, oh, great, there's Kyle Young. He can step out. Oh, great. You know, there's Liddell. We know he can step out. Oh, great. Washington is eight for eight from the field. Oh, there's CJ Walker and his giant forehead. You know, like there's just so <laughs> many different guys uh. <laughs> that can beat you. Don't forget Suing. Suing has been great. Don't forget Zed Key. Zed Key has been great. Yeah. They just have a lot of guys. And so I worry about that aspect just because of the balance and the depth. But you're right that, you know, between those two teams, if there's one that's going to suddenly have a proverbial in a hole in the boat, a leak, it's going to be Ohio State and it's going to be defensively. All right, 71 to 58. Kofi with two nice looking free throws there. I I need to check his stats tonight from the line, but I think he's doing pretty well. I, I will say nice rebound for Illinois from the free throw line tonight. 17 for 23, so that's 74%. Kofi is eight for 10. 80% from the wow. line, guys. Wow. Talk about streaky. Let's hope this streak continues beyond this game. So How we, does he only have four boards? I don't know. I Okay, so Isaac, we were watching the first half, and I, I, I said this in the text thread, that it felt like Kofi was aloof in the first half. Can't put my finger on it, but it just a sense I got. Yeah, the, it's almost like the games where he should just eat up and you could just feed it to him down low and he'll put something up there. He doesn't. But, I mean, then you look at the stat sheet after the game and you're like, well, he had a double-double, I guess. But... um Again, the first half was one of those halves. I mean, Jermaine Hamlin went in because Kofi and Georgie both had foul trouble. So Kofi just has those games, man, where it's almost like he gets in his head or it really seems like some games there's a lid on the rim and that just really wow. mentally. Jacob Grandison has been all over the place tonight in a good way. He gets a putback on a Miss Trent three. So 73 to 59. And you're right, yeah. I mean, it is kind of interesting, Isaac, and that's why, in a weird way, I'm optimistic for how he's going to play against Dickinson. I think Dickinson might be the more well-rounded player, and I would probably argue the better pro prospect. Uh, but what do I know? I'm not, I'm not I'm like a draft guy. But with Kofi, it seems like a lot of his his uh, strength as a basketball player is based on his actual physical strength, and Hunter Dickinson is just so overall skilled. And everything again. Yeah, so he's going to go the line. But here's here's what I'm excited about, guys, and this goes beyond this year as we try to figure out what a roster next year could look like, and this is looking way ahead. But you can slot Grandison in the starting lineup easily, and I'm not going to say he's going to be your third or even fourth best player next year, but it, it is a good feeling to feel like, okay, worst case, you have Corbello and Miller slotted into the backcourt. You have Grandison at the four, 
then it gets interesting with how you mix and match, whether it be through the transfer market or hope that some of these other guys develop. But I feel good about the one, the two, and the four next year. I, I'll say that. Other than that, I, there's I, just a lot of question marks. I, I think the biggest swing, and look, look, this isn't rocket science, but sure. I think easily the biggest swing is does Kofi return or not? Because I think that that just changes your outlook just drastically. If, you know, I mean, you would hope you get a transfer, but the difference between Georgie being your starting center and Kofi being your starting center next year is, I mean, if we're talking about floor and ceiling, that's like floor one of the hotel and like the Skyview 25th floor of the hotel. I think if Kofi comes back, you're a top 20 team easily. Uh, just because, yes. yeah, I, I think there's enough balance on that roster with the dominant center. Adam Miller with a great take. 77 to 59. What a great counterpunch here from Illinois. Got within 11 again. Essentially, that's been the lead for most of the half. And Illinois stretched it to 15, 16 sometimes. 18 point lead with 544 to go. Adam Miller has been a star tonight. And we've been waiting. This has been a great half. It has been a great half. It was an eight point lead. So, Isaac, let's see. Okay. Why do I suck at math right now? Oh, yeah. We've outscored him by you 10 were, this half. You were. Yeah, you were up eight at halftime. Okay, right. I think was it thirty six twenty eight. So, um, and I know a lot of things are different. You know, it's the end of February versus whenever you played Nebraska the first time, beginning of February. But it's kind of funny how you're just pretty much handed it to them. I was not playing. Um, it's just a it's just an interesting night, and it makes you feel. I don't know if I should feel worse about. Oh, the last time you played them and it went to overtime, maybe it was just their night. But it's it's a good feeling that Io is out and you're up 20 on another Big Ten team. I know Nebraska sucks, but hey, they've they've they got their first Big Ten win a couple weeks ago. So, well, I think what I'm encouraged by more than just the margin is the way that Illinois has looked in terms of their energy and their focus tonight. And those are two kind of John Grossian buzzwords. But in all honesty, I think that. You lose Io, and I assumed that yes, senior night and sense of urgency, they would come out like this. But you never know. You never know until the game starts. And I think Trevor, if I were to have a carryover effect into Saturday, which I think if there's one year in which you could lose your best player and still have a chance to win at the Cole Center, it's this year. Given the way that Wisconsin team is playing and given your matchups against them. If Illinois were to play with this same kind of focus and energy on Saturday, I still think they win. And I don't know if that's crazy. I still think they can pull off a win. And if they do, that makes it so much easier going into the last week. You're on the two line. You, If you just look good against Michigan and Ohio State, they are not going to fault Illinois for that, the selection committee. This game Saturday is everything. And I that sounds ridiculous, I guess. But it, it just... To me, it is the last potential swing game from, like, you know, imagine you go up there and lose by 10 to a Wisconsin team that's been reeling lately, and you just think, like, oh, man, like, you know, where are we going here? I mean, it's, it's totally blameless to lose the last two, but then suddenly you're backing into the tournament on a three-game losing streak. And I just feel like the difference between the house money of those two games during the week next week, if you win Saturday versus the potential urgency of at least one of, if not both of those games, it's just wildly different. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think we're going to feel one way or the other pretty strongly on Saturday. And oh, my God. Curbelo with the alley-oop to Kofi, one-handed Jeez. dunk. Whoa. Kofi. That, that's what you expect to see from 
Hopefully next year. Let's exactly. Exactly. That's, That's what you get all next year. year. We got a three-point attempt for Nebraska. They miss it. Here's one thing about, okay, so Nebraska, you're beating them by 17. Clearly a better performance than you had at Lincoln. Nebraska does have some athletes. They tend to play at a higher clip. And I just wonder if Wisconsin, you know, the way that they play, I just, I don't know. I, I have a oddly good feeling. In the same way, Trevor, and, and Isaac, if you can recall this too, this is John, not to compare it to John Gross era, but there was a game at Michigan State in John Gross's fourth year. Ravante Rice was still out. Aaron Cosby was still out. It was a Saturday game, and you went up there, and you got this random win at the Breslin Center. Ah, the, uh, the Jalen Tate hip check game. That's right, the Don Gerard and Dan Dockich Twitter feud. That's right. And mm-hmm. I just had that kind of vibe about that game. It just seems like, yeah, we got this, which is so weird. I shouldn't without Iowa, but it just feels that way. I do not have the same vibe as I had Tuesday for Saturday. And so Fair. I, I don't, <laughs> you know, apropos of nothing, I mean, who yeah. cares what I, what my vibe is, but the vibe Tuesday was, oh boy, I don't like this. And then the vibe for Saturday is I, I think we've got this question mark. We could. By the way, Curbelo has 11 rebounds, 10 points and nine assists. He is one assist away from a what? triple double. Oh my gosh, you get three triple doubles in one season and maybe more. But, um, oh wow, I was down 20 now. Um, it's, yeah, it's a good feeling to know that you're protected for the future. But, um, oh, wait, here we go. Let's, oh let's call this. Let's call it. So, Curbelo across uh, the timeline. Oh, wait. So, he had eight assists the last time. So, I might be a little bit behind you guys. I'm at 410. Where are you guys in, in the timestamp? I'm at three thirty. Okay, so I'm at four of that. But he hasn't gotten another assist, so I don't know why. It said eight. I thought it said nine. It said eight on the screen. Oh. Let me check well, my score out. Okay, never mind. Let me, let me so he's got to get two assists. We're at the under four now. He's got to get two assists in the next three minutes. Okay, let's see here. We have, and then the score up that I have has him at ten points, nine rebounds, and seven assists. What? <laughs> I, so I don't know. I, we got to find. We got to find some assists, and we got to find them quick here. All right. So we're going Wait, to a timeout with three thirty-three. Just said he had eleven rebounds on the screen. I don't know. I mean, I got the Yahoo Sports app. It may not be accurate. Hey, we'll get to see right after this game. Michigan State plays Ohio State. So if they win that one, then I'm feeling even a lot, even more better about losing on Tuesday night. I think it's yep. going to be comp- like. I, I, if this would have been two days after Ohio State lost that home game to Michigan, I would have guaranteed you Ohio State was going to lose this game to Michigan State. I think that you're four days out, that maybe the hangover narrative that I'm always a champion of, that maybe that wears off a bit. But Michigan State's feeling good. I think that it's beneficial for them that they had less time off between the Illinois game and this. They're red hot. And I think that's going to continue. And I... I, I, you know, after what happened with Io, I feel a little bit dirty saying this, but I am rooting for them because I want that breathing room in the second spot of the Big Ten because Iowa's not going to come and get it. Ohio State could. If if Ohio State loses this game, uh, you're almost in a position where you don't have to beat them to remain on the potential one line and the potential two seed for the Big Ten tournament. Almost. That would be their sixth loss. Iowa's going to get their sixth loss tonight. That's going to put them back with Purdue. At six I was done. Uh, whatever, whatever slim chance they had 
at a two seed or a top four Big Ten finish dies with this 22-point loss to Michigan. Yeah, because they could have lost and looked good doing it. And I think people would have said, oh, yeah, they aren't a one seed, but they're they're back to their two seed sort of run. No, terrible. I mean, they can't defend. They scored 57 league. points in this game. Right. And that's why I keep, I keep thinking, well, they're dangerous because they can make threes. But you know what? They aren't making them enough. They, they just aren't. Anytime they play a decent team, it seems like this year. What is Iowa's best win? Indiana. No, they lost both games to Indiana. That's the thing. I know. That was the best. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking here. The last wins that they've gotten, uh, Penn State at home, at Wisconsin, Wisconsin. They won by 15. At Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, Rutgers at home by 13. Let's see, Michigan Mich- State by six at home. Well, they beat Michigan State by 30 at home, or at the Breslin, I guess. They have no marquee wins here. But, you know, you go back, I, it's December 19th against Gonzaga, but you did see in that game that when I was hitting shots, they can hang with Gonzaga, but Gonzaga was just too good. And they scored 99 points. So, man, that's, well, too bad, so sad. I, I feel really awful for Fran McCaffrey and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Right. Also, last night, two teams that are right with you on the two-line lost. Alabama to Arkansas, which isn't that – I mean, that, that's not unforgivable because Arkansas is good and it was on the road. But yeah. Virginia loses at home to a bad NC State team, and they were on the two-line. I'm looking – so Villanova right now would be on the two-line as well, right? They have to be at 15-3. and yes. three. Okay, so they have coming up Butler at Butler on Sunday, but Butler's not very good this year. Creighton next Wednesday, but that's at home. Creighton's pretty good. That's a huge one. That's a huge game. They lost to Creighton the first time. Yeah, that's right. And by the way, you know, when Ty Ty Washington committed to Creighton, I'm like, ah, come on, you know, because I'm still stuck in the Creighton of the Dana Altman era back in the mid-2000s, the cute mid-major. That's a really good basketball program. Really good. So there's no shame in losing Ty Ty Washington. What a stupid name, too. Okay, so 83 to 62. Illinois with the lead, nine, uh, 21 point lead. There we go. 320. So I did, Isaac, uh, go with your title. Where we're going, we don't need any no's. I went with that. <laughs> I just I thought back to the future, and it was a bit of a time jump for me from the opening solo segment. At, I en- ended that at 5 p.m. We started this a little bit after seven for the second half pod. And hey, people are still listening to this. This is going to be a long pod, and they would have came through the 15-minute stretch where I'm dealing with internet connectivity issues, which is always the most compelling second half podcasting out there. I love, I'm glad you got that reference cart because I'll, like, if somebody says something about roads, like, Oh, you know, the roads are pretty bad tonight with the ice. And I'll say, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. And nobody ever gets it. Yeah. So I'm glad that you got the nose Back to the Future reference. The final line of the first Back to the Future movie. That's it, man. Yeah. And by the way, different girlfriends. Did you know that I think Elizabeth Shue is the girlfriend yes. in, the second, in the second one, right? That's Gosh. one of those blue my dad always points out. He's like, now here, son, you'll see. They tried <laughs> to fool us. Second, it was a different woman. Little Isaac, take a seat. I'm going to teach you a thing or two about Marty McFly's <laughs> two different girlfriends in Back to the Future 1 and 2. <laughs> Did you know Back to the Future 2 and 3 were shot simultaneously? Oddly I enough, because they're, they're completely different sets, but they shot in the same year, and I think they released them a year or two apart. 
Hey, uh, who do we have in the game here, guys? Zach Griffith? Oh, Jermaine Hamlin. Block. He yeah. did get a block. And it's he about who finishes got, the game, uh, right? Trent coming out. Too bad. You know, this is one of those things where you you feel for because if this would have been a normal year and listen, normal year, Iowa would not have come back. So let's counter blessings in that regard. But normal year, we'd be at home for a very winnable game against Nebraska that would have went probably just like this. And it would have been a very easy celebratory send off for someone like Trent Frazier. By the way, I might have breaking news. You guys saw that tweet that I sent you. It's not my breaking news. I'm not going to pretend I'm the source on it. But Trent's dad, I presume his dad, had replied to a tweet earlier today saying, nah, Trent's not coming back. We love Illinois, but it's time to move on. That stinks if that's true. That really stinks. Yeah, it would be it would be disappointing. I mean, it's easy for us to be like, oh, why wouldn't they come back? But I'm sure a few of these guys... Well, I mean, once you've been in college for four years... And okay, it, can we, sorry. Out. Can we get the camera guys away? Do they, we need camera guys on the floor behind the hoops? There's been about five times today where <laughs> an Illinois guy is running to the camera guy. We don't need cameras in the baselines. Put them up in the concourse. It's COVID. They shouldn't be down there anyway. If I see yeah. an Illinois guy get hit because he runs into a TV camera, I'm going to be severely pissed off. They're all over. And you know, actually, you know what? I bet it's the Illini production stuff. That probably makes sense. But still, get the hell out of the way. We don't need high-quality video of the Illinois-Nebraska game. Move. I always uh, used to root for one of the kids with the Libman mops to get run over during a dunk, but it never <laughs> happened. Well, you got, always got next year. Adam Miller misses Not that one. Over, but, you know, sometimes they, they'll step so far out onto the court while play is going on on the other end. And I thought, man, if there's a bad turnover, that kid better get the heck out of the way. You know what, though? There is some humor to be found in kids getting hurt. Not seriously hurt, but there's a YouTube video, and I forget who found it. I, I want to say Lon even might have found it, but I, if he didn't, I know he'd appreciate it. It's these kids on tricycles to the Chariots of Fire music, and they're just face planting and running into mailboxes, and it's just high comedy. You know, it's just kids... Getting hurt. Not seriously hurt, but just, you know, hurt enough. Have you seen the video? I'm sure you have. There's probably multiple, but of the guy kicking the medicine ball and the kid like 15 feet away, probably a three or four year old just gets <laughs> rocked right in the head. And just because it's a medicine ball, you know, it kind of takes a delayed like bounce and just makes the kid fall. It's probably bad to be laughing at that. No, it's but fine. Come on. Listen, the kid, the kid needs to learn that you get out of the way of medicine balls. I learned that at a young age, too. <laughs> 83 to 65, Illinois with the lead here. We got Andre Corbello, Zach Griffith, Jermaine Hamlin, Tyler Underwood. I can't spot who's at the very bottom of the screen here. Griffith. BBV, ladies and gentlemen. Griffith getting a standing O from the bench. A kid that began, if I recall, as a, man, as a manager, right? Manager to walk on. Yep. That's a pretty from cool Fisher. story. That's right. That's right. I always forget from Fisher. Pretty tall kid. What, 6'8? He's got some height to him. Okay, he so, looks like he could be a, a decent, you know, D1 athlete, just the look of him. Is this Padilla, number 10? Yes. Okay, that's right. Okay, so, and Padilla, where is he from? Because I know Curbelo is from, I mean, he has Puerto Rican heritage. He played ball he, in New York, but. I, it, yeah, I, I think he knows Curbelo well. So, I mean, I'm not saying like it was a package deal or anything, but I think 
Curbelo coming here was sort of the catalyst for him to join him. Okay. Jermaine Hamlin makes a free throw. Look good, too. Let's see if we can't get Tyler Underwood a shot here. 84 to 65. Good that we can get these guys some tick in a blowout at home. I Where like are we at on the spread of 14 and a half? So you're up 19, at least according to my stream, with 105 to go, 84 to 65. So you have five points to spare. Not going to lie. I, I kind of told my buddies back home to uh, take Nebraska to cover since Iowa wasn't playing. <laughs> and uh, was might. not expecting. Well, but it could happen. Yeah, yeah. Still two points here. So it's 84, 67, 55 seconds to go. And maybe another substitution here. Curbelo is coming out. And who's coming in? Who is that? Number two. You guys know? No. Okay. Is Brandon Lieb in there? Where's Lieb? All right. Tyler Underwood brings it across the timeline. 45 to go. Let's see if we can't get a shot here for Tyler Underwood. Padilla to Underwood. Top of the key. No, he's getting the pick from Hamlin. No, he's taking himself. He floats it up. It is good. Hey. Well, I don't think I don't think Nebraska's going to cover after that one. 19 point lead again. Nice little floater from T Underwood. Imagine losing I don't your know. Oh, shoot. Trevor's ahead. Oh, they hit a, a dunk here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Easy layup and one for Nebraska. So this could bring it within 16 and then if Illinois misses a shot. You see I, Illinois might just dribble it out though. See, here's what's interesting. If you're Illinois, do you basically set the ball down, and if you're Nebraska, do you just keep, you know do you take the meaningless layup, thus breaking the spread of fourteen and a half and losing by fourteen? Hmm, good question. Let's see here. The free throw is up. It is good. So we're we're now the excitement is brewing with the spread. It's a sixteen point lead. Twenty seconds to go. Underwood, excuse me, hiccup brings it across the timeline, and I think this is just gonna get dribbled out. Illinois wins 86 to 70, and they cover. Vegas knows. Vegas knows. And I think overall, guys, an impressive performance given the circumstances. Yes, Nebraska is god awful. But what I'm most encouraged by Isaac is, and this goes back to the first half, I really didn't have any extended stretch of basketball where I said, man, are our heads in this? No, I thought from the very get go, Illinois was into this game, and eventually they started executing. And yeah, I know it's Nebraska, but you played well. I mean, you played a solid 40 minutes. Like you said, I don't I don't remember that five-minute stretch where you couldn't hit anything or where Nebraska got really hot. It, it was nice seeing guys step up and play confidently even when their leader was out. Um, and yeah, the first half, Kofi and Georgie were kind of all over the place, but you really stepped up. You have to be confident about Adam Miller going forward for the most part. I mean, that's the best competition he's put up those numbers against. And, I mean, Carmelo almost had a triple-double, and that's not easy. So, I really... It's what you should have done to Nebraska, but without Io, there was little doubt of if you were going to win by 16. Trevor, you saw really only the second half in full, but... The story of the game was Adam Miller. I know it was more of a first half than second half thing for him. I think Curbelo, it was it was a lot of fun, Trevor, to see Curbelo run the ship for basically an entire game. And he seemed very comfortable with that. Again, consider the opponent. But uh, when his number was called, I was most, most impressed with the freshman guards. And I think that bodes well. And a lot of the concerns I had for the future were thinking, God, will these guys ever get it? Well, sometimes guys just need to be thrust into that position. And overall, I'm encouraged by that. 
Yeah, sometimes he looked too comfortable. Uh, I, I think I, Kofi has 24. Adam has 18. Grandison, who normally averages three, has 14 and seven. Awesome. Bello, two assists short of a triple-double. I mean, that was, again, how much can you learn? I don't know. But if you guys, if we sat there and drew up, what would you want to see given the context of who you were missing and who you were playing? That's literally exactly what I'd say. You know, I ride the roller coaster and I've been concerned about Curbelo. So it's kind of silly me to be like, oh, yeah, never mind. He's got it after a game against Nebraska. But, you know, if you think about the way that he rebounds, uh, he's he skies up there for some rebounds. He's got hops and then he's obviously going to get his assist numbers. I think the shooting will eventually come. I think he is going to get some triple doubles or at least one at some point because he seems to just have this nose for the ball in every way, shape, and form. He's always around it in some way. Also, 80% basically from the line tonight, which yeah. is nice to see. That's a nice recovery. In a lot of ways, a nice rebound from Tuesday night, which could have had a carryover effect. That was an ugly game, but instead, Illinois cleanses the palate as we hoped that they would in what was, guys, to be honest, one of the longest days as an Illini Hoops fan in a long time, but here's the deal. You are now 17 and six. You are, let's see, four losses and how many wins? 13 wins in conference with three games to go, 13 and four. And if you win Saturday, I go into that last week, cool as a cucumber, just excited to see what happens and still feeling good about that two seed. Isaac, I'd say overall, that's a good position to be in. You know, I agree. And tonight of all times you would have thought was probably an excuse to have a rough game. You know, if we would have won by three or four tonight and played ugly at times, I would have been like, okay, I was out. You had a two day turnaround and you know, there's just a lot of factors there, but you came out and played well. And yeah, we got a, I know you and Jeremy did that podcast earlier. Just enjoy every win and every second. I know it's Nebraska, but 48 months ago, you were pumped if you would have beat Nebraska, you know, like it's, you just gotta, you gotta really take advantage of every moment and just soak it all in. And I, I really am just curious now at this point, how the phrase cool as a cucumber got started. That is interesting because it's not naturally cool. It needs to be cooled in a grocery store with a chill machine or, you know, the little water spritzer. Uh, Trevor, any theories on how cool as a cucumber originated? In fact, I'm going to yeah, Google I was it. Say, uh, I mentioned this one the other day on radio. I've never understood the bee's knees. What's what's so great about the knees of a bee? That's a great question. I just love it because I learned that in we were learning about the Great Depression in sophomore year history in high school, and they had a big term. And there's two terms that I took away from a, a big list of terms from the 20s with flapper girls and things like that. The two that I kept with me for the rest of my life, gams. You know what gams are? <laughs> you guys know Is what that in the Great Gatsby? Uh, maybe, but do you guys know what gams are? I have no idea. Isaac, any idea what gams are? I mean, I immediately think of yams, but I know that's not the same thing. If, if I said a lady has nice gams, what am I talking about? Hips. Wow. It's it's clean. It's 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 PG. Shoulders thirteen. Legs. She's got uh. nice gams. So yeah, it be, it even became part of me and my friends' lexicon. I kept saying, "Man, I like those gams." So gams are legs, <laughs> <laughs> and then b- bees knees. Yeah, she's the bees knees, man. Gam- gams makes me think of what people would say, like when they used to call a girl a dame. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you, you went you went necking. Good. You ever go necking? 
playing tonsil hockey. Yeah. <laughs> that is very much a 90s term. I remember that being like, oh, yeah, they want to go play some tonsil hockey. Seven minutes of heaven, tonsil <laughs> hockey, truth or dare. Now, back then, man, it was just go necking with a girl with nice gams who was the bee's knees. That was the 20s in a nutshell. All right. Well, on that note, guys, clearly it's time to wrap it up. I'm going to go watch a Mad Men and go to sleep. I, lo- I love these 6 p.m. starts. I'm like you, Isaac. I-, I love the early starts. No coffee needed this evening. But maybe a nice afternoon. Uh, here, I like the Saturday afternoon games, guys. They've been going well for Illinois recently, including the Wisconsin game three weeks ago. It's a big one, and we'll be back for its second half. And... It's going to, I think, really kind of color our perception of this team going into that final week. So, yeah, it's big. It's big, Trevor. I, I totally agree with that. I'm going to be really into that game. Me too. I, I think it means a lot. Yep, I absolutely agree with that. All right, Trevor Belise, Isaac Ambrose. Guys, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you in a couple of days for a big game. Sounds good. All right. Adios. Always enjoy talking with those guys, and for a second half, where apologies for the little <laughs> technical snafu, let's call it. I could not get it on this laptop. Thankfully, Kara was able to bring my other laptop down. I, I'm on my school laptop, which is kick-ass laptop. That's what I'm recording on, and then brought my personal one down, watched the end of the game. Right now, I'm watching Minnesota beating Northwestern 8-3. to This is a longer podcast. Thank you if you're still listening this far in, and I, we appreciate you tuning in to the 200 level and making us part of your podcast rotation before we get out of here a quick reminder the 200 level is brought to you by dp doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices dpdoe.com rector construction online at r-e-c-t-o-r construction.com everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between rectorconstruction.com fourth and kirby online at fourth and use coupon code 200 level and we have a very special guest coming up this weekend to introduce a new 4th and Kirby t-shirt. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life Auto Home, Business Renters, you name it, brianismyguy.com. Got to thank Alana Inquirer, the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. And a big one, like we said, coming up on Saturday. We will not do any pod on Friday. This is a quick turnaround, 36 hours, even less than that, before we have a huge game against Wisconsin. I feel good about it. Whatever vibes mean, I didn't have one Tuesday. I had no gut feeling about the Michigan State game. I thought maybe ugly. Didn't expect what happened to happen. But hey, uh, I had a really good vibe before the last Wisconsin game. I had a really good vibe before Minnesota. So let's see. Maybe my Saturday afternoon vibes will continue. I hope so, because if they win that, the last week of the season becomes a whole hell of a lot easier to watch and not freak out so much about the Michigan and Ohio State games. In essence, those games would be gravy at that point. All right. Thank you again for listening as you are on your way out. This is Decadence out of your head. I know we're making you listen to our band again from our latest album, Fever Dreams, anywhere music is streaming. We'll see you Saturday. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. It is the 200 level.